rear treasury. And his brother had the birthright, had all this blessing just handed to him. He did nothing to merit it, but it became his. Just by birth, it was his. And in a moment of weakness, he made a lifetime regrettable decision that would cost him forever and forever, even to this day. It's still a loss, and he cannot recover it. And Jacob saw that he did not appraise what he had. But Jacob was just waiting to take his seat, take his position, take his place, take everything he gave up, and says, I'm going to sell it out cheap. He sold it out cheap. <laughs> Give it up. And Jacob says, Tell you what, I'll make a bargain with you. I will buy it off you for a bowl of soup. This guy is giving up what everybody envieth. He's giving it all up. Just for a moment of weakness, he's going to give it all up. And Jacob tricked him. Okay, I... I I'll give you an exchange here. You know what the Lord talked about. What would a man give in exchange for his soul? He said, you, you won't make no profit. What you're selling and what you're giving up, it's not worth it. And so Esau gave it to Jacob. Well, Jacob know what he got. But Esau did not know what he had. He gave up the birthright to all the blessings that comes to Abraham. All the riches and honor and dignity. Everything that comes with just being positioned in the right place at the right time. And God just gave it to him. And he just handled like it was nothing. And Jacob said, thank you. And took off. <laughs> he took off with it. Amen. And when his eyes opened up, he realized what he lost. And the Bible said, when the time came for him to reap the blessings of what God has given to him, it was gone. He forgot. He made a trade. He made, a, he made an unwise trade. And Jacob walked off with it. And Jacob ran for his life. And says, I'm going to leave before he gets it back. Couldn't get it back. And so, all through the Bible says Esau cried, he repent, he shed tears, he bawled, he confessed his foolish ways, and but God says he did not find the place of repentance. He never got it back. He lost it all. Now Jacob is a guy that he will fight for what he wants. He's running, and night caught him on the journey. And on this journey, he's had to sleep. Of course, he's tired. There's no hotel close by or caravan to sleep, but he's running for his life. And to him, just casually put a stone there. You know, when God has his eyes on you, you're not where you are by accident. There's a divine leading hand. There's a hand of God guiding you, placing you, positioning you for greatness, for power, amen, <laughs> for worth, <laughs> excellence. A lot of folks don't know it because God never revealed what he's about to do. He just walked by faith and walked by trust. And so he, he just slept there and just had a dream. And in that dream he saw a ladder from earth to heaven. Now, if I was taking the off of Jacob, I'll see Jacob life like this. Now, you can say what you will about Jacob. But Jacob's life was like that. Take a good look at it. You guys can't see? Okay, I'll move. Since you guys won't move, I'll move. How's that? 
Can we see that, folks? All right. You see, the way, some folks think the way to God's blessing is just like this straight line. No, it's not like that. It's like this. The way to God. You don't know when God is testing you. You don't know when God is giving you a chance for greatness. And you expect this. It doesn't happen. I believe that Jacob went through these. My dream. He had dreams. I believe he did. He had dreams. He had to travel by faith. He had passion. Took risk. He had failures. He had success. He had prosperity. But he got the reward. He saw a ladder. At the very top, God said, look where you can be. If it's to be, it's up to me. It's not up to thee, it's to me. You choose your rut. You choose where you end up. But if it's to be, it's up to me. And Jacob says, this is a dreadful place. What Jacob says a lot is like this. Now, those are the, the very things that he went through. He went through risk, failure, success, failure, and finally he got to where he needs to be. Now, Jacob, God loved Jacob. It's a terrible thing when you get things you don't have to fight for. Just hand it to you. Now, I, I have proven by, by my observation that you're better off struggle for what you get then God just hand it to you. Because you're not going to appreciate it. Because there was no travail in what you have. There was no sweat involved. Praise God. It just handed to you. And you know, God can just hand it to you and you just don't respect it. And I think of the man called Esau, I mean David and Saul. What a contrast. Saul didn't desire to be king. He just became king. Bang! No training. No family of notoriety. He's the least. He's the smallest. He's the last in the group. He's a nobody. And instantly God blessed him. And anointed him and gave him kingship. And yet I read in the Bible, God says, oh, no, I'm sorry. I anointed him. I am sorry I made him king. I'm sorry I exposed all my blessing on him. And Saul for 38 years reigned, but God was not with him. Saul was blessed and didn't know it. Esau was blessed and didn't know it. I want you to think about it. He did not know it. I want you to turn with me to the scripture here. In Matthew 13, 16. Jacob did not realize that where he is, it's God's open door of success and access. The very place that he was going to leave and take for granted that was the only place that could guarantee him prosperity and success and privileges and opportunity. Amen. There must be a reason why I'm still in the church. Others is just a badger skin. To me, I see a whole lot more in there than they see. Praise God. Would you put it on the board? Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Now, church, how many people drive by this building? Every day. Lots of Every people drive by. You do? I do. And to them, this is just a brick. 
One of the things that amazed me about this building here, people come by and says, okay, I said, I'll give you a tour. And uh, they always said, without exception, they all said, wow, it's bigger than I thought. There's more to it than I, I dreamed of. And the problem is they're on the outside looking on the inside. And they form an idea from outside, but they never get a chance to see on the inside. And once they see on the inside, they go, I'm not kidding, I'm not exaggerating. Wow, you could never tell. And I thought, that's exactly how salvation is. You're looking on the outward appearance, but you don't see the inside of it. Amen. God said, your eyes are blessed and your ears. Now, church, don't take for granted your eyes and your ears because they're very important to you. But your eyes are blessed and your ears are blessed with opportunity and privileges and blessings. And here's why. Go to verse 17. Because many, many people more righteous than you and me have not sat where you sit, have not heard what you heard, have not felt what you are, you are feeling. Why? Because the opportunity never knocked at their door. The privilege was not granted to them, and the blessing was not theirs. And yet there were prophets and righteous men. They desire, what what's trying to say here is, all the prophets from Genesis to Malachi long and wish to see God, to hear him speak like he spoke to the apostles, to be in his presence. They longed for it. Job wanted to see it. Abraham desired to see it. Moses desire and never saw it. And here the twelve apostles have him in their midst, grabbing him, <laughs> sleeping with him, hear him snore, watch him get hungry, and taking Jesus for granted. In one of the places, if they knew who he was, if they knew who he was, they would have crucified him. He told a woman, lady, if you knew who's talking to you, if your eyes just got open, if your ears just got unstopped, he said, you would be begging me to death for drink. But you're not asking me, you're not seeking me because you don't know what you have. And you know what? People don't know what they have until they lose it. You can take different things for granted and just take them from you. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I had no idea the value and the worth that I had in my possession. And now it's gone. And also, your eyes are blessed because what you're hearing and what you're seeing, angels desire to look into it. I mean, angels. They even ask the question, what's going on, Lord? What is man? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? My point is, how many people take church for granted? Lots. Not just sinners, but saints. Lots take it for granted. And yet it's the only, only way to salvation. He said, blessed are your eyes. Blessed are your ears. You know why we're not Trinitarians? You know why we're not these other cultic religion? Somehow. There came a day when my eyes got open. The eyes of my understanding become enlightened. I got illumination. That came on. When she saw who Jesus is, and when she heard what he's all about, she ran. <laughs> 
She forgot her own priority and took up his priority. Amen. Amen. We sometimes live like, Lord, thy kingdom be postponed. Thy will be changed to suit mine. Doesn't work that way. For they hear and see. You know, I think on Sunday mornings and evenings, there are many churches around, but they all don't hear the same message. They all don't see the same revelation of Jesus Christ. Hello? In chapter 16, 13 of the book of Matthew, or 18 and verse 16 and 17, the Lord said something to Peter. Peter, blessed art thou. You're blessed because flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you. Amen. To be a Pentecostal is a great privilege. It is the great privilege. Not a great privilege. It is the great privilege. Jacob said this is the gate to heaven and didn't realize it. Now, I was thinking to myself, how many people died yesterday in McMurray? How many? How many went into eternity? And to how many, God said, you are right where it's at. He told Abraham to tell the boy that. He said, look, remember thou in your lifetime, you had opportunity given to you. You had privileges. You had blessings, but you didn't see it that way. Hello? And now you're in this place, and there is no bridge from here to there. All the bridges on this side. And you're not on this side anymore. You're on that side. So you can't come from where you are. And so, look, this Peter said, Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. Amen. Now, let's go on some more. In chapter 13 and verse 15 of Matthew, in fact, let's go to chapter 13, verse 11, 12, and 15. I want you to look at the scripture here. Here's why you're blessed and you're privileged, you don't realize it. It's not given to them. Now, we're teaching Bible study, folks. Please understand your God. Don't. He said, don't cast what you have called pearl before swine. He's calling them swines. And the reason why he called them swine is because of the word unworthy. A pig is not worthy of a wash because it'll go back to what he came from. It's not given to them to understand. Now, if you travel and you talk to people about the oneness of God, the plan of salvation, how to be saved, and wholeness, and all that stuff, you'll find it's not common knowledge. One man's garbage is another man's T-bone steak. That's right. It's not given to them to understand. Now, is God biased? Is God prejudiced? Does God uh, have favoritism? No, God's not like that. But God gave people opportunity, and then when you abused it and abused it and abused it and abused it, he just take it back. He gave you an offer and, and gave it to you. And God, God's offer is like a pendulum. It's swinging this way. And the more you reject it, the less it gets to you. And the further it's from you. And finally God just quit. He just quit offering you opportunity. He just said, that's enough. I'm done. Bye. He's gone. Amen. It's not given to them to understand. It's the will of God that all men be saved. But he won't save all men. Because all men, <laughs> he said, they'll trample the pearl. And they'll turn around and rent you also. They will not be thankful for their blessings. They will not be grateful for their privileges. They will not live a life of respect that, oh my God, I've got an opportunity my parents and family don't have and my friends don't have, but I've got it. No, they won't do that. 
They'll trample it and hit you also, attack you. And God said, don't cast your pearls among swines. Look at verse 12. Because even that which they had, I'm going to take it from them. By the way, learn this. God giveth and the Lord taketh. You don't have it except God gave it to you. And the one who gave it, he can take it back. God gave you life, and when he's ready, he'll take it back. Cry all you may. We said, that's enough. You live long enough, off earth you come. Amen. He said, even that which they have shall be taken from them. Amen. But those who have and are worthy of having it, I'll give them a whole lot more. Pressed down, shaken down, running over. I will just keep blessing your socks off. I'll bless your shirt off your back. I'll do anything you want me to do. Exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or imagine. You know why? Because you please me. And you realize the thing that I love and hold dear to my heart, they're not mine. They're just borrowed from God. Amen. They're going to lose that which they have. Well, while they're losing, you're getting. Let me just this material. I've met people with them and they're saved. And for a long time they think they're saved until they met somebody who really know the Bible and really know what salvation is and show them what salvation plan is and said, have you experienced that drama? No. Then you're not saved. And then the war starts. You're trying to tell me grandma isn't saved. I don't care about your grandma or your grandpa. I'm trying to tell you what my father in heaven says. This is what is one way, not a way. It's the way. Praise God. And people take for granted salvation. It's a gift from God. God gave you that gift. Amen. But God's not going to give a Abundance to those who have, more shall be given. Every time I read my Bible, I see Christ expose himself more and more to me. Never one sitting do I get a full dose of who Jesus is. But every time I go back, I see more, 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 more. I don't, I don't end up seeing five gods. I see one God. I'm amazed. This great, wonderful God. Now, verse uh, 15 says, it's not given them to understand the mystery of the kingdom. Now, I'm puzzled, as a mortal, normal man, how come these intellectuals, smarter than me, smarter than you, can't see that this is what God says, and we ignorant, unlearned, not you guys, because I'm, I'm, I'm on the ignorant, I'm the unlearned guy. You know, you, got, you guys are smart guys. But people like me, ignorant and unlearned, I, I just believe and understand. And see it be wonderful. And God began to manifest himself to me. I don't read my Bible, I see three persons, I see one person. I see Jesus Christ as the everlasting Father, the Son of, Son of Redemption. The Holy Ghost and spiritual emanation has seemed that way, and that's the way God is. His name is Jesus. I don't see no new, new, new model of salvation or drama, but they see many different ways. Then they say, I need a new Bible to understand the scripture. I don't need a new Bible. I need a spirit to lead me and guide me into all truth. Now, the question is, why would God bless your eyes and bless your ears and not bless his. Two people sit down, one taken, and the other left. Hello? One pricked in their heart and one <laughs> cut to their heart. Why? Why? Because the people who are blessed and know it.
like David, began to give God the praise and realize, God, thank you for washing my eyes with eye salve. Lord, thank you for unstopping my ears because my eyes affect my heart. He said, because they don't see and they can't hear and understand that they don't get converted and they're not healed. <coughs> Sorry. People come by here, they sit in our pews, and they walk out. Ah, there's nothing to it. Well, it's like the guy who went to this museum and looking at the pictures on the wall, and the Bible, and I mean, the story said that, uh, the guy said, that picture, it ain't worth much. It's just a bunch of wasted paintbrush and paper. And the well-known, amen, woman that in art and all those situations said to him, sir, let me talk to you for just a minute, young man. That picture's on trial. You are. You don't understand the value and worth of what you're looking at. So, so that you don't even belong in this place. Because he could see what he couldn't see. What she saw would let her pay a million dollars for it. And what he had seen, he said, it's not even worth a garbage can. What a difference in perception. Amen. Now, church, in chapter 4 and verse 2 of Second Corinthians, it says that if the gospel is hit, it's hit to them that are lost. Amen. It's hit to them that are lost. Notice here. Whom the gods of this world have blinded the minds of them. Now, I'm not stupid. If I leave church, my opportunity will leave me, so would my blessing, so would my privileges. I understand that. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to spend my time in a pub or a bar with a prostitute because I'm going to lose everything I have. Everything that I have. Amen. And I'm blessed and I know it. I have opportunity and I respect it. I have privileges and I embrace it. I have blessings and I just love it. Praise God. Great peace and they that love God. Great peace and righteousness exalted. Sin is a reproach. Amen. I learned that. I understand that. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't want no devil steal my legacy. Praise ye the Lord. Matthew eleven twenty five. Go there, please. The Lord says it's hidden from the wise and the prudent, but to you it's given to understand the mystery of the kingdom. You can hear good preaching over and over to it. Don't mean a thing to you. And yet God did not put this in the hand of an angel or a cherubim or a seraphim. Put it in the hand of a preacher. And God says, if you're ever going to be saved, I'm going to take preaching to save you. I don't care what anybody else tells you. God says, they're going to be saved by preaching. And they're going to have to hear the word of the Lord. But unfortunately, preaching does not profit everybody who hears it. They still fall in the ditch. They still fall victim of Satan's wiles. He captured them at will. Amen. And when he comes, he just disinherits you. <laughs> I mean, he caused Adam and Eve to lose the Garden of Eden. Didn't he? Sure he did. And then he took off. Satan will not leave you until he strip you to the core. He will not leave you until he leaves you as a skeleton. He will not leave you you bankrupt, lose your family, lose your house, lose your job, lose everything you got. Then he leaves you alone. Because now he say, you fool. That's what he said. You know what a fool is? One said there is no God. But you know what a wise person says? Like, like uh, Joseph, how can I do this thing and sin against my God? <laughs> Smart man. Amen. <clears throat> All right? It's hid from the wise and the prudent. Praise God. It's not given to them to understand. Amen. 
Think about it. Satan does not like you. He hates you with a passion. And he won't stop till he gets you in hell. His desire is to take you and strip you. And land you in a lake of fire. Then laugh at you. And say another one bites the dust. Amen. The devil. The devil hates Hate when your eyes can see. When your ears can hear. Amen. <laughs> when your heart is converted. Praise God. Hallelujah. When God take you off something, you do not go back to it. I'm blessed not to be addicted to drugs and alcohol. You don't think so? Well, I think so. Maybe you don't think so, I think so. I'm blessed not to be in prison. <laughs> I'm blessed not to be in the courthouse or the whole house. I'm blessed to be in the church. I'm blessed to know that the Lord come tonight, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm privileged. I said, I'm privilege to be in the house of God to be called by his name why should I trade this for that that's temporary friend I want something eternal let's worship God glory to God we see the devil don't want him to understand he blind their minds take away the words from them and they are deceived and they profess themselves to be wise, they become foolish, and the devils laugh at them. Because the devils know that Christian Christianity is the way to go. He knows that. Amen. All right. The Lord in John 14, 22 told Thomas, I will not manifest myself to that system. I won't do it. But I will to the people who know they're blessed. I know I'm blessed. I want the devil to hear it. I know I'm blessed. My worst day in Christianity is too better than the, the guy in the world in Las Vegas. Hell's angels. Al Capone and his dope heads. Praise God. Hallelujah. I got something the world can't give and the world won't take it away. Amen. When I wake up in the morning, I sing, I'm blessed. I'm privileged. I have opportunity. Praise God. So I was telling about church, how they, at the summit, asked God to do things, and God did it. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're blessed people. We are a blessed people, and God manifests himself to us. All right? It's given to us to understand the kingdom of God. Now, Israel is a good object lesson to learn from church. We want to write this down. Acts 28, 28. If I don't respect what God's given to me, he will take it away from me. Amen. Paul said to, to, to the Gentiles, the Jews don't want it, you have it. Do you know if I leave this pulpit right here, somebody else take my place. If you leave your seat, somebody will take your place. You leave your job, somebody will sit is in your chair. Hello. It's amazing. We are all replaceable. Except God. Can you hear amen out there? And Paul told the Jews, you're supposed to be the head. God wants you to be the head. But Israel could not see that. Israel always go down, 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 down to the meanest, the weirdest stuff. And finally, she lost everything. Now she's a tail. You can't blame God for your poverty. You can't blame God for your, your wants. You can't blame God. Say, I gave you everything I possibly could. You ruined it. You wasted it. But a church, when you realize it all came from God. Hallelujah. You bring back 
in recognition that God, you gave this to me. Oh, young dentist said, I can't get no business. And God, through the man of God, prayed for him. Got jobs, and now he's getting lots of money. Four, four or five figures. He said, I, uh, I can't pay tithes on that. That's too much to pay. Ooh, really? Can't go to church. All they want is my money. Well, okay. So, the preacher said, okay, come here. When, when you were poor, I prayed for you. And I asked God to bless you, and he did. And now you can't give back to God? I'm going to pray God reverse everything on you. Oh, don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't, don't. He said, well, I want to make it easy for you to live for God. <laughs> maybe, maybe better off you're poor, begging bread, sweeping on the street. This way you'll serve God at least. So, oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. It's amazing. It's amazing. In Mark chapter 4.25, it says, Take from him what I gave him and give it to somebody else who is more worthy. We don't merit salvation, but we have to walk worthy of that salvation. What it says there. God said, if you have, more shall be given. And those who have not, are going to take from them even that which they seem to have because of the way they operate. All right? In Matthew 25, 28, we see the same thing repeated. God said, take what he has and give somebody else. Amen. There's a girl used to be in church, used to mock. She used to mock. <laughs> mock a preacher about the church, but he didn't hear her. I heard her. I heard everything she says because she was in my car. And uh, she mocked often in church. And there's a girl trying to get in while she's probably going out. And we want her. You know what, girl? You keep that up, she's going to take your place. And she did. God said, you're not worthy of my blessing. Get out of here. Go and serve the one you've served before. Today, her life is a ruin, a wreck. All her kids, wreck, ruin. In fact, they murdered one. Terrible situation. So can't find one murder her daughter. Terrible situation. You don't mock God's blessing. You don't mock God's goodness. He will always be there for you if you keep messing around with him. Praise the Lord. All right? Matthew 25, 28, take from him and give somebody else. Acts 1, 20, it's bishopric. Take it from him and give somebody else. Oh, it's, it, it's so wonderful to realize I am not indispensable. God can refuse me. Praise God. Matthew 13, 10, 11 says, even to you it's given. Opportunity is given to you to live for God, to work for God. You know, I, if, if, if you work with me on things of God, you're going to find me unbearable because I believe I cannot drop the ball. That's my way. That's my belief. I got to give God my best. I got to, I'd rather be burnt out for Jesus than rest out for the devil. Amen. I got to give God the best or there's nothing left but the carcass. I've got to. I will not find an excuse why I shouldn't do it. And I will not give God a reason why it's not done. It has to be done. Because when I ask him to help me, God, don't give me excuses. God always showed up. God always gave me a complete outcome. Never short change. I don't say, God, wait till a convenient time. I'll do this and I'll do that. No, 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 no. You drop everything. You drop your water pot. You drop whatever you do. That is what defines your worthiness. Let's worship Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Now, folks, the Bible talks about being worthy. God says, for I know the plan.
I don't know if anybody left for God that God hasn't blessed. I'd love to meet you if you are in this church and you're not blessed. Now, there's a difference between being greedy and have your needs supply. There's a difference between your wants and your needs. God never said, I supply your wants. I'll supply your needs. Now, you may be discontent with him. He may give you loaves and fishes and you want T-bone steak. That's your problem. But I know loaves and fishes will do just as good as T-bone steak. Take a look right here. When God saved us, he didn't tell you what it was in his head, in his mind, written in the scripture before he got here. I know the plans I have for you when I called you. I call you because I plan to prosper you. I didn't call you because I'm going to harm you. I call you to prosper you. And I plan to give you hope and a bright future. Can anybody turn that down? How many people realize I am blessed? I've been chosen. I'm adopted. I'm redeemed. I'm forgiven. I'm a special person. Maybe not to each other, but to him I am. Praise God. I am blessed. I am privileged. I'm prospered. I'm favored, highly favored. I'm successful. I'm prosperous. I have opportunity. What more can I say? This is working in my life. Blessed are my eyes, for I see. And my ears, for I hear. Who else do you know are blessed in this life and the life to come? contemplate this tonight and today about accounted worthy to enter in the world to come in the book of Revelation chapter 3 and verse 4 then I realize not everybody or Christians are worthy for the new world to come God saved us yes he did but then it says afterward destroy them that believe not so we know not everybody were saved are going to continue being saved. He said, there are some people among you that are not defiled. They're going to walk with me in white. Put it back on the word, please. Scripture. Walk with me in white because they are worthy. I'm going to shock you what worthiness means. How many want to know what worthy, worthy means? You sure want to know? I don't think you want to know what worthy means. I watch this all the time. I hear people say, well, my kids have to write an exam, so they're going to miss church. If you're a Jew and the Sabbath day come, exam takes second place. If you're a Muslim and Ramadan come, you worship Ramadan. You're a Pentecostal and church time come. You drop church and go on your family holiday. <laughs> Ooh. Beloved, let me tell you why God did this to Abraham. God told Abraham, take your only son up to Mount Moriah and offer him. Now, God has never requested that before. Never. In fact, God condemned the nations for doing that. He says, you don't do that. Israel, don't you ever offer your daughters and your sons an altar. Don't you ever. That's an abomination. But he's telling Abraham to do it. <laughs> and Abraham had gone up there to kill a son. And Abraham brought the knife down in obedience. Hello? You see, I've always taught, if you don't have faith for what you heard, at least obey it. You never go wrong. Took this knife down to go down the sun in obedience. And God said, don't do it. 
stop. You know what God did to this man? He said, I want to know if the heathen love their gods more than you love the revealed God. And that's why he gave us Matthew 10. Jesus and Paul spoke a lot about worthy, worthy, being worthy, being worthy, being worthy, being worthy, being worthy, being worthy. In Matthew 10, it defined what worthiness means. Verse 37. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And verse 38 says, if you don't take your cross, followeth, followeth continuously after me, you're not worthy of me. Both that is where we got problems in church. Now, church, you didn't create God. God created you. You, you didn't create the family. God did. The family don't belong to you. It belongs to God. You didn't put your breath in your son. God did. You didn't put your life in your son. God did. You don't even own your son. God does. And if God wants, you can take him tonight in death, and there's nothing you can do about it. Absolutely nothing. And he's telling you that you have to love me more than them. And yet, that's a problem to a lot of people. You got to love me more than your house. What he's saying here, you got to love me more than the blessing I gave you. Everything you have in your house is a blessing from God. And there should never be a conflict between who has priority over your time, your talent, your ability, or your presence. If I need it, you're going to give it to me now. And you won't tell me no. Ooh. Because the moment you say no, he said, you are not worthy of me. Well, God, I don't feel like getting up. God said, get up. You better get up. <laughs> Woo! I want that boy. You better give him up. Why is it so quiet around here? Is it very quiet? You get to love me more than the blessing I gave you. Love me more than the privilege you have and the prosperity you enjoy and the favoritism you experience and the success you know about and the prosperity and the opportunity. You say, you got to love me more than that. And if I choose to take it back, it should never affect our relationship. Praise God. Praise God. In Matthew 22, 8, you know, wives have problems with their husbands, and husbands have problems with their wives. And sometimes husbands walk out on wives and, 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 and abandon them, and sometimes wives walk out on husbands and abandon them. And those things happen both sides. You know, and, and, and the man may say, or the girl may say to him, leave church or forget about me. You know my advice? Choose Christ. Jesus Christ. Now that won't pass down in the law, but pass in heaven. He says, you're not worthy of me. I must mean more to you than houses and land. I always tell people, look, you have to give up drugs to go to hell. Well, give up to go to heaven too. What's the difference? <laughs> What's the difference? You go, you go in the grave tomorrow. You can't smoke marijuana. You can't, you can't carry your gold, your silver, your jewelry with you. 
You can't care. God said, if your eyes offend you, pluck it out. If in doubt, do it out. Not tough people. If you think what you're about to do is worth the risk of losing eternal life, go ahead and do it. If you think it's worth it, go ahead. Fine. But don't come in it because nobody down here is worth it. God says, I can never find exchange on earth. Composite. That's comparable to eternal life. What can I give in exchange? My grandkids? No. No. Can't do it. Is that right? I'm reading scriptures here, folks. And there's a whole lot more in the Bible here. If I, let me get some more to write, write these down. Ephesians 4, Paul says, Walk worthy of the vocation. I got oneness of God in me. Amen. And I'm not going to change it to, for nobody. For nobody. Walk worthy of the vocation. Colossians 1.10. Walk worthy of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 2.12. Walk worthy of the calling. 2 Thessalonians 1 5. Walk worthy of the kingdom. Chapter 1 and verse 11. 2 Thessalonians. Count you worthy of the kingdom of God. Revelation 3 and verse 4. <laughs> You're going to walk with me. And why? Because you are worthy. The only way I know to bless. Come here, Zachary. If I want to bless you. If I want to bless you, I'm going to give you a job. From now on, I want you to clean this church. I just promoted you a while ago by doing that. Because if you give a cup of water in my name, you have a reward. Now go in the chair sit right back there. And you sit there all your life and I never give you anything to do in this church. I just condemn you to a life of unworthiness. You're unprofitable. You're worth nothing. Hello. Praise the Lord. Let's worship Jesus. Hallelujah. We are blessed with conversion. Chapter 13 and verse 15 of the book of Matthew. We're blessed because our heart is being impacted by the word of God. We're blessed because we hear the word of God. We're blessed because we see what others don't see. We're blessed because we're healed. We're blessed because we're converted. Why do you go to prayer meeting? When I was working on the job, guys worried about me paying tithes as if I asked them to worry for me. They spent more on drugs than I did on tithes. Hello? And when it's all over, they're broke, and I'm still better off than they are. I got more saved than they got in their bank. And they make more money than I did. They make a hundred times what I make. A hundred times. And I got more saving than they've got. I've been to more places than they've been. I've seen more glory of this land than they'll ever see. Huh? What's the difference? I found favor with God. Hello? Found Favor with God. Because it's written in the scripture in closing, the little the righteous have is better than the riches of the evil, the wicked. Now, church, look at this right here. Are you blessed? Think about people in your family. You know, a common, <laughs> a common thing in in Christianity is to watch God promote us out of our league, beyond our league. To watch God elevate us without credentials. To watch God open doors that are slammed normally. To watch God make us sit in heavenly places 
high and mighty. A guy called me the other day. I'm glad he doesn't come here. I don't want him here either. He'll hurt you guys. <laughs> he came from someplace, and the Lord was good to him and his wife. Good to them both. Yes, he was. And uh, one day I called him in church. I said, come here. I want to go to this city hall place and get this job. He said, oh, no. They won't get, they won't take me on. I've got a training. I said, I didn't ask you to go. So he didn't go. He went and asked somebody else if he should go. And they said, they're not hiring. So he didn't go. So I came to church and I thought, this guy didn't do what I say. I called him and I said, I, said, I told you to go. So he went and they hired him instantly. Amazing. Amazing. That's opportunity. And then the privilege is, God put him in a seat he doesn't belong. He sat in a seat he doesn't belong. But God called us privileged people. Think about it. And then he's there and they want to promote him and all that stuff. And then he says, man, I want to get in the plant. I won't tell you which one. And we start praying and he went and he got it. He said, well, I don't give him, give him my story here. I won't tell you that part. But he said, he got his job. And after he got the job, his wages went up exponentially. Wow! You know how many times I see him in church? Once. After that, zilt. You think God just suddenly pulled the rug from on his feet? No. God is merciful. God is patience. God is long-suffering. And God waited for him to come to his senses and keep his eyes open for his ears to be unstopped. Next thing you know, he started batting about the church. Woo. And passing a little track around, telling people that rings are okay, you know, the church is okay, and, and even all the saints, I thought, this guy is crazy. What is he doing? Next thing I know, he started... Smoking marijuana. Then he was on coke. Then he was on heavier drugs. Amen. And the wife was smart enough to realize, don't let the light go out of your house. If he's trying to put the flame out, at least keep the candle lit. Well, she joined him. Now there's none to keep the light burning. Because there's somebody praying for a lot. He may kill Sodom, right? But nobody's praying now. And folks, next thing you know, he start getting in trouble on the job. Sleeping on the job, drunk on the job. Amen. Digging deeper ditches than he should have been digging. <laughs> getting action on the, on the job. And pretty soon they threw him out. He lost his home. He lost his income. Lost everything, and he wouldn't qualify for any of them. Hello. And then church, obviously it's broke. Got to leave town. Broke. Broke. Where there should be a, a lot of money in the, in the pocket and a, and a good life. But never can understand. The blessing of the Lord make it rich. And add no sorrow. I am blessed. I'm successful because of who is in my life. I'm prosperous. Amen. And everything you did, God make it prosper. God make everything Joseph touched, what? Prosper. Everything he did, it was prospering. And God gave favor to Daniel. Is that right? I'm in the Bible, church. I'm not preaching witchcraft. I'm telling the truth. Amen. Prophet from preaching. And, and God gave him opportunity. And he lost it all. You know where he ended up? When he called me, right back where he started out. Let's stand. If God found you in the gutter and you betray his blessing and his goodness, you mark it back down, friend, you're going to end right back where you came from. 
Because the thing that pulled you out, gonna let you go. Because you let go of it. You know, I hold his hand. And I'm holding on. Amen. Praise God. And I'm not going back to where I came. I feel like an old Egyptian in the field. He said, don't send me back to my master. Don't send me back. Praise God. Praise God. Come here, Michael. The only way I know to bless you is to give you a responsibility to cost you something. That's true. Now, you may not think so, but you're being blessed and not know it. And if it becomes a burden to you, then the chances are you may get nothing from God. Paul says, for a dispensation has been committed unto me. Amen. Praise God. If I take communion unworthily, meaning I know I'm not living the life, I know I'm not doing what's right, I know I'm, then I shouldn't be taking it because I'm doing it unworthily. Now, your friends that you're talking to right now, and you invite them to come to church. So come to church, come to church. This is what you're inviting them to. If I was not in church, one-tenth of the things I've experienced, I wouldn't even experience none of it. I know that for a fact. I don't need you to tell me. I know where I came from. God has improved on me. The Lord has been good to me. I don't know why folks have problem paying tithe. Man, I, I spent more on nicotine than you could think of. And it was killing me. I, I, I was loading up the gun to shoot myself with, with nicotine. Hello? I watch people leave buildings and go in the cold. Minus 40 just to smoke. I thought, oh my God. But that's not worse yet. I was in the hospital. They put a cigarette right here. Hello? Right here. That's how deadly it is. That's how loyal they are to the devil. And they're dying. Oh, 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 oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. If you really want God to bless you, you should be chasing their preacher down and give me something to do. <laughs> give me something to do. Hallelujah. Because God said, Cornelius, I could read more scriptures to you. This man had a need and the people said, he's worthy. Do it for him. He is worthy. Would you buy his tonight? God is saying to you, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. What I'm asking you to do will not harm you. The sacrifice I demand of you will not harm you. But I do it so I can give you hope. In a bright future. If I can't have your Isaac, then you can't be Father Abraham. If you can't bring your alabaster box and break it. If you want convenient Jesus, oh, that's he's out there too, but he won't be the real Jesus. Come on, all things are ready. The supper is ready, but I can't come. They all make excuses. One said my wife, one said my job, one said my cows, and God said all three of them are unworthy. I want to make it to heaven, friend. Anybody God's talking to tonight? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I need to know it. I'm privileged. I'm driving a car my equal doesn't drive. I live in a house my equal don't have. I have a job that God protects me on. 
the least I can do is walk worthy of that divine favor. It's not a burden to be shakamahaya. I love my wife, but I'm not doing this for her. I'm doing it for me. I'm going to be in the next world to come. I plan to be there. I plan to be there. Anybody else? Anybody else? I plan to be there. Sons and daughters, you won't keep me out of there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. There's nothing in my life that God can't take off me, friend. I got nothing that I know of, that I know of, that he can't take off from me. Nothing I know of. Amen. Is God talking to anybody tonight? Oh, Jesus. Nothing between 